0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash BlueWire. Rules
1: and restrictions apply. It's L.A. De la Cruz Day. Unfortunately, it's also Jacob deGrom and Alec Manoa Day here on the Roto-Wire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by BatFlip. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It is a wild, wild sports day. Sometimes we lament, okay, there's some news items here before the start of our pod. Nothing huge. Today, massive. I mean, it started in golf, actually. My phone blowing up about the Live and PGA Tour merging and all that. We won't get into that here because gaming golf no longer exists. But, wow, we got L.A. De La Cruz. We've got Jacob deGrom, and we got Alec Manoa all to talk about, among other regular stuff, Fred. How are you doing?
2: Wait, we weren't going to talk about golf for this whole podcast? Well, I'm so well it's the
1: Canadian Open. I thought we <laughs> may do it in your honor there. Sorry. Uh,
2: <laughs> I don't know anything about that golf story. I didn't even know it was the Canadian Open this weekend. So Yeah. There you go. I guess I'm not. I'm not very. I didn't even know that there. So you're saying there wasn't isn't fantasy golf. Is that what you
1: just kind of said? It is fantasy. golf. I knew that. I'm in a league that's been existing for over 20 years. Actually, I do know some guys who play fantasy golf. So, yeah, Yeah. it is. It's pretty crazy. So let's talk. Let's go positive first. It's L.A. Daily Cruz season. It starts tonight. Bidding starts on Sunday in the NFBC and other leagues. But it starts tonight. Daily Cruz at third base batting cleanup. Uh, He is up. And, you know, for those of us who uh, have been holding on to him, it's a huge day.
2: Absolutely. I think I think I know my initial reaction is there's there's one of two paths here for De La Cruz. One is he's a fantasy stud. The mm-hmm. other one is he's pretty good because he has a low batting average. That'd be those. I think those are the two possible outcomes here. I, I don't really see a scenario where he's a, like a total dud. Right. I guess I guess he hits 180 or something and maybe they don't play him. I don't know. I feel like just his skill set looking at his minor league stats, he's going to hit some home runs, he's going to steal some bases. He's going to be playable in fantasy. It's just whether he's a stud or someone who's, you know, maybe this is just low-hanging fruit but someone who's kind of like O'Neal Cruz last season where he has a low batting
1: average. Yeah, it's kind of funny because like your friends at Yahoo where your your other home uh, he already qualifies at third base. De La Cruz does, so he's third base and shortstop, much like Royce Lewis is too. So if you've been hurting at third base for a while, well, have no fear. All of a sudden, you got reinforcements at the position. Believe it or not, I'm actually having a harder time finding you know usable outfielders in our Yahoo friends and family.
2: Mm-hmm. League. Well, I am in labor. I can every week. It's the same thing. Can I find an outfielder on the waiver wire? So it's the same thing. I I agree. I have leagues. I have leagues where my outfield is deep, but not all of them. Outfield Mm -hmm. is, is no easier to fill right now than the infield positions for
1: sure. Yeah. Uh, so I'm starting them right away in our league and friends and family. I've got them in a couple other leagues where you know, it's week to week or at least Monday through Thursday. Like I have them in a couple of, uh, draft and holds in the NFBC format there. And I won't be able to start him until Friday, but hey, I'm getting him. Maybe maybe that's not such a bad thing either. I get him for a a couple days after the fact, where I I, I go ahead and get, uh, you know, I, I get to let get him work his way in there just a little bit.
2: Yeah, I guess. Although it'd be pretty awesome to have him starting tonight. You just don't know what could happen. As a Reds fan, this must just be like incredibly exciting for you.
1: Well, yeah, because we had Andrew Abbott yesterday. Yes. Yes. Um and that we we had uh you know obviously we already have Matt McLean their team fun they were team not quite as fun over the weekend against Milwaukee but I mean I've got lots of reasons to be excited Encarnacion Strand's gonna come up at some point Cam Collier behind that Noel Marte behind that as well uh you know not all of them are gonna work but uh, you know at the same time it, it I have re- I'm gonna be I know which game I'm gonna be watching. I will definitely be watching that as my primary game.
2: Yeah, absolutely. There's just so many interesting pieces on this team right now. And it's not impossible for them to win that crummy division. Like they're five and a half behind the Pirates, who will probably fade at some point. They're five games behind the Brewers, who are by far the most likely candidate, I think, to win the division right now. Sure. Um
1: But not prohibitively. Are, so. The
2: Cardinals are last in the National League. So so thinking that the Cardinals are going to come back. Like they could, but you know, like they're, they're legitimately last place in the entire national league, not by much, but they are. So anyways, I don't think the Reds are going to win the division, but it is as a Reds fan, it is actually conceivable that the Reds could win the division, which I'm sure you or anyone else did not see coming this
0: year. No
1: it's as a, as a Ju- I, as In fact, statement. Yeah. In fact, I uh, here on the pod, maybe three or four weeks ago, someone asked Reds can win the division. I said, no, no way. No. no way. And they won't. I really yeah. believe they won't. Right. right. But, but it's fun. And you know, <laughs> Here's the thing: They're gonna go. They got they, they lost three out of four to the Brewers. They lost the last game in Boston in that series after winning five in a row. They lost four in a row, and part of that is, you know, there, there's you know, you know, there's, there's depth issues on this team. They have fun guys, Spencer Steer. Let's not forget about him. He's also a rookie on this team. He's having a good year, by the way. Uh, India is kind of fun to watch, but absolutely the bottom half of this roster is bad. I mean, the rotation is Hunter Green, Hurt Lodolo – Abbott yesterday was awesome. Graham Ashcraft has been fading. Do you believe in Ben Lively? We don't believe in Luke Weaver. Um, it's just there's there's still significant starting pitching issues, and that's not even counting counting for the bullpen. There, bullpen on Thursday against Boston, uh, it's a two two game. Uh, you know the Reds rally to get it to two two. They bring in a guy they just called up off the street, and he got bombed in the eighth inning. The fact is, he's pitching the eighth inning of a tie game. That tells you where the Reds bullpen's at. They're they're very thin in the Reds bullpen. There's there's Sims, there there's uh, Diaz, and then it's just cross your fingers and hope and pray.
2: Yeah, absolutely. The bullpen will be a big part of their downfall. Um, like like you said with the lineup, uh, what's interesting about the lineup is Jake Fraley has played pretty well this year. Like not amazing, but pretty good.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, especially and he can play against righties. So where the where the Reds lack is they could probably use another outfielder. Um, you know, right now, you know, they, I guess, well, it depends what they're going to do exactly with steer. He had been playing first base, He played left field yesterday. Um, let's say he plays first base. They could use an outfielder or two. Those are actually easy things to get at the trade deadline. If you did want to pick up, a, a
1: useful veteran outfielder, like a Jorge Soler, Jock Peterson type, that the Braves exactly. did two years ago. Yep, they did exactly. it. They Eddie they Rosario. added four outfielders by the yep. way that year, yep. and it worked out just fine. They added uh, Eddie Rosario, and they added uh, um, Adam Duvall that year, and Duvall really worked out well for them. I mean, the fact is they needed to add outfielders that year. They won without Acuna. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, just keep that in mind. You know, wrap mm-hmm. that around your head that they won without Acuna that year. Um, yeah, that it and so you can do that, but I do like the whole let's build a hitting foundation first, mm-hmm. you know, that that's our floor, and then we'll add the pitching on top. Now, that's kind of a modified version because they got Green and Lodolo and Abbott, so I mean, they've been trying to build the pitching too. Point is, though, it's not like they they were trying to build this whole okay, we're gonna build on young pitchers, and then we'll hopefully we'll get some hitters that click too. They are trying to build on the hitters first, uh, for the most part, and you know, they'll add the pitching on top, hopefully. Now, I I don't have a whole lot of faith that they'll do it right or that they'll spend the big bucks they need to spend to do it properly. It's not just adding on top. Don't go get that fourth starter, but actually go out and get an ace. That's the thing that they're going to need to do, especially in that ballpark.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That will be, yeah, that's what will eventually be needed to to turn the corner in the ballpark. But yeah, I don't know. There's just a scenario where they could go ass backwards into having meaningful September games and and that would, that would be pretty cool. But let's go back to fantasy here on De La Cruz. Okay. Is, is this, let's compare him to Royce Lewis. Who would you rather have the rest of the season?
1: Royce Lewis. I would. Um, I'm okay. going to take the James Anderson path here. And I think, I think De La Cruz is going to go for more in fab this weekend. And than then Lewis did last weekend. But, um, I think that, you know, Dela Cruz has a higher ceiling, I think, <laughs> but, Keep in mind, it's not like Lewis is just this piker. He's just like ham and egger and, oh, he's just going to happen to get playing time. No. He's not that. No. He is a guy that everybody was waiting to get another chance on. He was a number one overall pick for crying out loud. Um, this is a guy that's supposed to be a stud in his own right. Um, and I think he's a little bit more polished. I think he probably will strike out less frequently. I think De- I think De La Cruz is going to strike out a lot. We're, we're over 30%. Um, I, I'd be surprised if he doesn't. Uh, but there will be some golden sombreros in his in his future. But Lewis also and, and Lewis is gonna run. Now I don't know if Lewis is actually gonna run. That's part of the thing is he's had the yeah. torn ACLs twice. Or the I think one was a dislocated kneecap. But point is he's had these awful, awful injuries to his legs. Uh so we'll see uh, w- what Lewis does. Uh but I, I mean he's he's a stud athlete too. So I tend to think that they'll both be amazing, but I think this year I'd rather have Lewis career, I'd rather have Dela Cruz. Right.
2: I was gonna say Maybe we could sum it up with Lewis higher floor, De La Cruz higher ceiling for the rest of this year. So maybe it depends on what you want to chase that way. Like you said, like Lewis is probably a more polished hitter, probably a better better a better a bet to hit for a higher batting average. De La Cruz probably has a higher ceiling for homers and steals. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say lineup wise. Eh, I don't see like, a, I don't like the twins lineup that much. I don't see a huge difference, the ballpark home ballpark maybe helps de la cruz a bit
1: oh um, i think it definitely helps de la yeah. cruz ball- um, power yeah. wise maybe yeah, not batting true. average as what as yeah. much but
2: so i just think yeah i think it's probably compare it's probably what, like i say what you're going for if, if you if you need steals even more it would be de la cruz i mean no one's really making the decision between the two what you you made a point you said you think that de la cruz will go for more this weekend on average than lewis went for for last weekend do you think that's would have happened even if Lewis hadn't had that fall, yeah, uh, in a Sunday game.
1: I do. Uh well, actually, the fall, the fall maybe not, I don't know. But you were saying off air, um, and Nick Whalen, my co-host on Sirius XM, was saying on air that they were saving their powder for the bid on Daily Cruz instead of Lewis. And you did you didn't get Lewis this weekend. I actually didn't get any Lewis this weekend. I have them in friends and family, but that's also because we don't bid, I just did the first come, first serve thing. Um, I have all the young guys on this team, by the way, I don't know if it's going to work out, but I have Al Francisco Alvarez. I, I swooped in on daily Cruz. I swooped in on Lewis. I have a lot of that going on. I have Yuri Perez in that league. Uh, we'll see. I, I, am I'm a middle of the pack team. I also drafted, uh, uh, Jordan Walker and I drafted, um, um, who else did It was, who else did I go with team fun on this one here? Oh, I also did Volpe on that league, too. So right. a lot of youngsters in that team. How am I not winning, Fred? I Oh, uh, well, maybe because everybody else is just me. But anyways... <laughs> Uh, Cody Senga says hello from Sunday. Um, also, as yeah. reasons why I'm not winning, but
2: Anthony Volpe is 193 average also say hello. Although he does, he's been a respectable fantasy. I was just gonna say, yeah, okay, overall. yeah,
1: he's hurting me in one category, but yeah. he's telling me all the oh, others.
2: Yeah, he's been fine in the others. I mean, not awesome. It's probably in RBIs and runs, actually. He's probably on pace for like 70 of each. Like, yeah, it's not great for what he cost in a lot of drafts by the time we got to the end of draft season. That's not very good, but anyways, um.
1: One more thing, yeah, fantasy wise, on daily cruise. Yeah, yeah. And that's versus him versus other shortstops for the rest of the year. Cause I think that's right really on. the important thing, right? Is okay. like, how do we really value him? So let's, I'll, I'll use our earned auction values as kind of a proxy. Okay. Uh, and we'll, obviously, you know, we're obviously not going to go. He's not, you're not going to spend, you'd rather have Wander Franco, I th- I'd say, rather have Bo Bichette. Yep. Um, would you rather have you? I know you're not huge on Bobby Witt. Um, and he hasn't take, hit for Bobby average, Witt. yeah. Yeah, Bobby okay. Witt. yeah, yeah, 10 homers, 19 stolen bases. I mean, he's having a rough batting average and on base season, but fancy wise, he's having a great season. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't think De La Cruz is ready to do that yet. Well, Francisco if he, if
1: Lindor he, yeah. having a bad batting average here, hitting 213, but he does have 10 homers, 40 RBI. 33 runs and four stolen bases. Lindor or Daily Cruz for the rest of the year?
2: Lindor. I don't think uh, that one's not still not. We're still not close for me.
1: Okay. Um, I, I You know, and the funny thing is, okay, you'd rather have Corey Seager, I presume.
2: Oh, by a mile. 1,000 yeah. OPS Corey Seager.
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, Every, just...
2: Everybody said would be helped by the shift ban. And so far they've been right. Corey Seager. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. Trey Turner homered twice yesterday, but was struggling beforehand. Trey, Trey Turner, Turner, obviously. Yeah.
2: By a mile. Yeah.
1: Okay um how about uh nico horner or ellie daily Cruz?
2: i like like all like in a vacuum um nico horner
1: mm, okay i
2: would say i would say like nico horner's on pace for about 40 steals um a little bit of power me like 10 homers uh he always hits for average horner like 285 this year career 279 okay so yeah. I, I've, I, I have a lot of Nico Horner. I he was someone who I really liked at his draft value. Just, just on the expectation that this year he could be what he was last year, but then this year he, he would hit lead off. And so far he had a little IL stint, but so far that's pretty much what's happened. Like he's just on pace this year for a little bit more as far as plate appearances and therefore, and well, a lot more steals, but that's a new environment, but you know, a little bit more with the counting stats because of the, of the better lineups. Yep. Yeah,
1: yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was going to do one more. Um, Oh, Xander Bogarts Doesn't really run a ton. Has slumped after a good start. Hurt his wrist a little bit the other day. Yeah. Said that he doesn't he's not gonna need surgery now or long term, but the fact that he had to invoke that scares me.
2: I'm very worried about Xander Bogart. So you've hit on a you've hit on a whole separate story for me. Five forty six OPS in May. Uh-huh. Um he saved some fantasy value in May by uh stealing five bases, but like, he really seems like someone who's playing through an injury. I would take De La Cruz. And I have a hunch if you go deeper on that list, I might take some other players over De La Cruz. But I am very worried about Bogart.
1: Yeah. Uh, David Donahoe wants one more here. Donahue, excuse me. Uh, Jeremy Pena versus Ellie La Cruz.
2: Oh, that's a good one. Um, I'll take the security of Pena.
1: Okay. It's just uh, solid.
2: Like I just feel like Pena is probably... I don't know, 20 homers, 15 steals, something like that this year. Um, Good offense, you know, he could score 85 runs, 90 runs, maybe even 90 runs. I just, yeah, I feel like, I feel like that Astros offense is getting it together too a little bit uh, around him. I don't think he'll necessarily play that much better, but I do think maybe Altuve's kind of day-to-day again, which is concerning, but maybe there's a point at some point this season where that team really has everyone on the offense. Maybe Michael Brantley gets back at some point and just, makes the lineup a little deeper. And so I'll take Pena.
1: Okay. Fair Cause enough. Cause I
2: just think I like, I'm interested in De La Cruz and I'll put in bits on him. Uh, but like there is a scenario where he just kind of falls flat on his face.
1: There is, there is yeah. indeed. Yeah. Um, so you're a little bit more circumspect. I think I would presume than more the industry and certainly a lot of the playing populace. Yeah. out there. Would be yeah. Like, like I'm that.
2: talking like one for one trades in a vacuum, you know, may, like you say Pena versus De La Cruz If I was in 10th in my league, I'll take De La Cruz because he can bring me back. Whereas Payne is probably not going to, Um, but just kind of in a vacuum one for one trades. That's how I feel. Um, Yeah. And same with the fab bidding. Like, like if I need an offensive savior, I think you got to throw a lot of fab at De La Cruz. If I don't, then, then I put in a competitive bid, but maybe I don't go all out for him. I don't know. This De La Cruz thing and Andrew Abbott, actually it's Red's day. Uh, this De La Cruz thing is in Abbott have really got me thinking about, I feel like there has been such a run on expensive starting pitcher. This has been like, like, am I wrong? Like there, there's never been a year like this where it feels like every week, almost there's like a 200 to $300 starting pitcher.
1: Yeah, there so is.
2: Many, so many of them, Bybee and Allen and Miller. And like, it just keeps in the other Miller, like it just keeps going. Um, and they're all fetching big bids. So this got me, th- and now we've got, and we have Royce Lewis, and now we've got De La Cruz and Andrew Abbott, and I've got me thinking like, like how much fab do you need to save? Like, like what, where, how low can you go? Because they have some leagues where the like everybody's fab is pretty depleted.
1: Yeah, well, I, I think that's a great topic. Uh, so, in previous years when I've been doing this with Scott Jenstad, uh, he likes to keep seventy-five to a hundred dollars for September alone. Okay. You know, so seven and a half to ten percent of your fab budget that's a little more granular in a thousand dollar budget to begin with. I think when you have a hundred dollar budget like we have in labor, I mean, I almost want to keep a little bit more just so I can get some targeted guys in case I need to at the very end. Uh, I don't know, it's tougher in labor too because just I, I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's only seven or eight dollars in September, but. Uh, because you get less of a long-term impact, but it's also more targeted. You get an injury right. in September, and you have no Fab. What? Are you, what are you going to do?
2: And you know, if you're competing with someone in September, and there's a, some, you know, you need saves, and you're they're not going with- to
1: trade with you. Yeah.
2: You know, when you, no, I was going to say even in the NFC leagues, you need saves and you're competing with someone. If you have the fab hammer, like closers emerge every year in September. Like, yes, every is. year in September, there, there are cheap saves on the waiver wire. And I say cheap. I mean, a guy you can get early in September for 40 bucks who can get you saves for the whole month of September. Like that could be the difference between winning or losing your league. So I agree with Scott. Like I like to save some for September. I had traditionally felt like i like to have at the beginning of July so that's kind of the midpoint season, say at least 300 left. I wonder mm-hmm. if that's maybe too conservative and I don't need 300. I don't know. These are things I've been thinking about. Just It just feels like I, it does have to go in step with your league too a little bit. I understand that. Like, if your whole league's broke, maybe you can get a little more broke. Yeah. Because you need the hammer, a bit of a hammer, but you don't need that much. You don't need a sledgehammer. If everyone else in your league in on July 1st has 150 bucks left you don't need 350 like you can have a pretty good hammer at 270 something like that right so um i think i think it is league dependent a bit but it got me thinking like how much how low can you go say say bidding on de la cruz or andrew abbott or whatever this weekend like how low can you go in your fab in the middle of june and then it's just too low like like can you go down to 100 bucks left can you go down to 200 bucks left like what's too low if you plan, if you plan, if you're not like just last ditch, like I'm in ninth place. If this doesn't work, I don't care.
1: Yeah, you know? I'll give you a good example of a league that spent a lot of money. Scarf, fifteen team league. We yeah. all we drafted. Most of us were there in person. There's a couple that didn't. The leader in Fab has 547 in Fab left out of a okay. thousand. Okay. I've got 332. I'm in fourth in Fab. There's one guy that's out. Another is at 37. Another is at 47, 48. So. This has been a very aggressive league. I love that. Fifteen teamer and only one person has half their fab left. That's that's pretty crazy. For sitting here on uh, on Tuesday, June sixth. I mean, that's that's really crazy.
2: It is. So then, so I think you can play that league. Is, is your team doing pretty well?
1: I'm fourth. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You are doing well. You're in the high. And high
1: I, range, I so. used the. I, I did. That was the league where I I spent up. Two weeks ago, um, and who did I get? Uh, <laughs> I can't even remember who I got a mere two weeks ago. Oh, I got Bobby Miller, uh, 253 okay. to 243, because I knew I had the most fab left in the league. Um, was like, I was going to go a little bit more you know, cautiously. I was like, wait a second. If everybody else is low already, why not be aggressive here? And I'm glad I did, but it did cost me like yeah. Royce Lewis last week. It'll, it yeah. might cost me Ellie this week. We'll see. Yeah, Might with not. these big who knows, I may be bid aggressively, guys. You may have to spend more than my full budget. Just letting you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, with all these big bids, uh, you really have to pick your spots. You can't get Royce Lewis and Dela Cruz. And Bobby Miller, you know, like if your league's good, you can't get all all of them. And oh, and I got, you know, Logan Allen, like, like, like you can't get all of them. So you have to pick your spots. So, yeah, I just I've been thinking, like, how low can you go? I think it is league dependent. I think it is standings dependent. Yeah. How you're doing, if you're in it for the long haul, do you really need De La Cruz? Do you need offense or do you need pitching? I have teams that could really use De La Cruz. And then I also have teams that don't. Well, they could use. They can all use them, but that would be maybe better served trying Andrew Abbott, who who won't be as expensive, I think, as De La Cruz. But no, be no, better, of course not. But would be better. Well, you say, of course not, but uh, he's starting again this week, right? I
1: know. It's like Bryce Miller two point right in, in New so, Jersey, Dave. I know who's who's hurting with Bryce Miller right now.
2: So let so <laughs> let's say we <laughs> had let's say six shutout or something on the weekend. He becomes all of a sudden, I think very expensive. Like based on what mm-hmm. these other pitchers went for, all of a sudden he becomes maybe a $200 pitcher.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I would advise against that. Uh, I, mean, I listened to James Anderson today on the Sirius XM, uh fancy yeah. broadcast. He was talking about how, you know, first of all, he, he was a little bit of the beneficiary, uh, uh, in double a of the tacky ball yep. uh, that the Southern leagues are using. He was facing a, a, a brewers team that a struggles on the road and B struggles against lefties. So, uh, i it was a kind of a perfect storm he faces the cardinals in st louis this weekend so if he cruises there eh, it'll be tough and the reds have a sorted history about against the cardinals especially in st louis although st louis is their own is, is the definition of sorted right now uh not the city the team um the city's just fine but as far as i know uh but uh just it's just something to watch for there as far as that goes anyways i don't want to make this i did well i kind of do want to make this reds cast but it's not reds cast we have other stuff to talk about and unfortunately that was the good news now we have the bad news uh jacob de grom got placed on the 60 day uh, il yesterday and yesterday they were saying okay you know well they weren't saying but they were mostly saying it wasn't pitching related he was actually like at i think he was at either the birth of his child or something else over the weekend so he wasn't even pitching over the weekend but they wanted to force all, but they did say there's going to be more imaging. There was a report from Evan Carter, not Evan Carter. Um, Evan Carter is a baseball. Evan player, Grant. I mean, Evan Grant who said there's uh, more imaging coming up this week. Well, this week turned out to be today and it showed significant more damage. He's undergoing Tommy John surgery, obviously out all of this year and half of next year, probably out all of next year, too the way is we've been going 18 months ske- uh, schedules for rehabs from Tommy John surgery these days.
2: Yeah. I wonder, like you said, like at first when he went on the 60 day IL, it was like, Oh, this is no big deal. It's okay. He's going to be, He's going to be fine. This is just a, you know, he's going to be out till the end of June and blah, blah, blah. And I, now he's out for the season and beyond. And you're like, Oh, this founds this. It's, it's, the Rangers, but it feels like maybe he brought the Mets communications department over with him. Huh. And the signing I was like, didn't did we just do this with the Mets, where everything would be like, you know, I think of that meme with the was the dog with the dirt burning room around him, everything's yep, fine. Yep. So, so it's what I kind of think of. So yeah, so Grom's out for this year. And probably all next year. Maybe if the Rangers were good next year, he can make it back late next year as a reliever or something like that, um, and help them. But yeah, when he comes back from this injury, so he was turning 35 in a couple of weeks. When he so when he comes back from this injury, let's say it's at the start of the 2025. That's a scary to say a eh, season. Um, he will be uh what 35 36 36 and and like two-thirds kind of thing like pretty old pitcher when he comes back i feel like i don't know i feel like jacob Degrom getting old snuck up on me a little bit because he missed so much time with his injuries but uh yeah so i mean super crummy news from a fantasy perspective he's just a sure draw he's a drop it sucks if there's no reclaim in your leagues. He ended up being a terrible draft pick. You and I talked about how I took the discount on him in labor and took him at pick sixty. Mm-hmm. Um I got six starts. So
1: four I mean, and six five of five, five, five of which starts. were great.
2: Yeah, Yeah. One really not so great
1: but yeah.
2: Yeah, I got two wins. Like it wasn't good. He I, I still say I'd take what I got from Jacob DeGrom over like a pitcher who blew me up, uh like an Alec Manoa. Like someone that, we right? might
1: be talking yeah. about in a second. I mean yeah. he's the
2: extreme case, but for sure. But but I but either way, it didn't work out. You knew the in the end, like myself in that league, anyone in any league, you knew the risk going in. Just like the Rangers knew the risks. The Rangers, I mean, we talk about fantasy. Like the Rangers are a legit contender this year whose offense, in my opinion, is playing a little bit over their heads. But their offense is is crushing it right now. Their other pitchers are pitching pretty well. Like the difference between having DeGrom and not having DeGrom in the second half and in the playoffs, you know, that could be the difference between, that, like, yeah. Them going to the World Series or them maybe not even making the playoffs or whatever. Like he be, he's so incredibly valuable to them. But from a fantasy perspective, yeah, it's a drop. It sucks. You don't draft him next year. We'll talk about him in 2025. And just when I say the year 2025, that just feels so crazy and so far away.
1: It does. It does. Yeah. Short term, that means Dane Dunning remains in the rotation. Dane Dunning yep. has been, for the most very part, good. very good. Yep. Uh, you know, the thing about Dane Dunning is he hasn't allowed a homer all season long. Forty-eight innings, no homers allowed. That's that's not going to last. But last. he allowed twenty last year, for instance. Uh, but yeah, it goes a long way to explaining two hundred six, one hundred four. But he's it's also illustrates he's been good. He's not a miss a bat, miss bats got it type of guy though. Thirty-two Ks in forty-eight innings. So you actually are counting on quality of contact against him. That is the one downside yeah. to that. Uh, they, uh, but you know the thing is, depth now becomes a big issue for this team. They, you have Avaldi, Gray. I mean, they their five is good. Avaldi, Gray, Perez, Heaney, and Dunning. Perez has gotten better lately. Was pretty decent last night. Andrew Heaney has been a lot better lately than he was earlier. Uh, but there's just they're 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 very razor thin margins right yep. now. I don't see a whole lot of help in AAA either. So what you're looking at now is they're metting another pitcher at the deadline.
2: Yeah, that, that rotation actually to me on a team that already has a has an offense that's playing well and a good um an offense sorry, an offense that's playing well and a good record so far. So they're kinda need, just need to hold serve the rest of the way. They don't have to come back on anyone. Um it's a fine rotation. Uh like like just as far as like it's deep. Like Evaldi gives them quality starts like you said Perez, Gray. He he's up and down, but overall he's pretty good. Dunning. I, I agree with you. I think there's regression coming for Dunning. He just doesn't miss a lot of bats. He's been pretty lucky with Babbitt so far. Um, especially he's been lucky with the home runs, um, but even with some regression, he's, he's, been a different type of pitcher this year. Like he's just not walking anyone or not walking near as many batters and he's not striking anyone out. He's just put it, letting them put the ball in play and seeing what happens. I think there'll be some regression coming, but whatever, if he can, from the Rangers perspective, if he can be, a useful five-inning starter as their fifth starter, that's that's pretty good. So, yeah, you're right. They'll probably need another starter by the deadline. So are a lot of teams. They're going to be hard to find. Maybe. Their bullpen's interesting. It's got, you know, Will Smith's been fine. Brock Burke's okay. LeClerc's mm-hmm. not great. But he has, like, he's not, LeClerc's not hopeless. Um, like, he has his moments. I don't know. I think, I think the Rangers, I first I thought they were going to turn into a pumpkin at some point. Now I think that they can hang around.
1: Well, I mean, it's not just that they're scoring a ton of runs, more, most runs in baseball, but yeah. their run prevention is really good. They've actually yeah. allowed fewer runs in the Rays. Now they've played a couple more, a couple fewer games, so that has something to do with it. But, I mean, the fact is, if there's regression, it's going to be like on a team-wide basis for it to really matter. It's not just Dunning. It has to be Avaldi. It has to be others uh, that are falling back because they they've, they've been pitching well lately, too. Now, I think some of that is they have good defense. Some of that is, you know, you know, their pitchers are, their starting pitchers are going deep so that their underbelly of their team, their bullpen isn't ex- is exposed as badly.
2: Yes. Oh yeah. I think, th- I think you're right. I think there could be a domino effect there at some point if, if things do turn south for them a bit, but like I said, I've become a, a bit more of a believer in this team. I didn't like the lineup. I told you at the beginning of the year, actually in the spring training, I didn't, I thought I the lineup remember was, that. Yeah. was just top heavy. I felt like Simeon Seager, good, good, you know, low, fine f- fine you know but i did i didn't think garcia just the really low on base percentage he's been better than expected he's better from a fantasy perspective i think a little bit than a, a real life perspective he's someone who's really benefited by how many runs the team scored uh overall and then uh but you know he's, he's just not a guy who gets on base a lot but anyways they've just they've had some guys play maybe at the top end i think the best way for me to put it, at the top end of what they can do like garcia josh young Jonah Heim, for example, has really broken out.
1: Well, yeah. Um, uh, getting uh,
2: Mitch Barber back helps. Yeah.
1: I, I was know. just going to say, I, I they're getting the all these now. contributions. Josh Young is at 855 yeah. OPS. I mean, that's yeah. great. Robbie Robbie Grossman hasn't been very good, but Heim's been over 800. Ezekiel Duran has 140 at-bats yeah. at an 879 OPS. leodi yeah. Tavares has 161 at-bats at 793. Tavares was hurt at the beginning of the year. We're like, oh, yeah, what about Bubba Thompson? Bubba Thompson could win that job. Uh, No. No. Could not. Tavares has been markedly better. Um, and you know, good for the Rangers. But the, the point is they're getting those bottom of the line at contributions. Uh, they're they're yeah. they're eight deep, you know, for the most part there, nine deep some days. So th- that that's huge. Even Travis Jankowski is slugging four ten, he's hitting three oh one. I mean, yeah. he's you know, it's it's almost all batting average as far as slug goes, but he's at a 376 on base. That plays absolutely plays pretty well
2: bench outfielder with who has speed absolutely so i think what i was afraid was going to happen is that pitchers to get past the top part of the lineup and then just cruise for a couple innings mm-hmm. and, and young being better than expected heim being better you know taveras duran it's it's made it grossman's not better not good but he's there's also not a total sink so um yeah anyways it's made the lineup have appropriate length and then you got the studs at the top it's good it's good i'm happy for them good for the rangers turning yeah. around.
1: Yeah, I am too. Yeah, and too uh, bad so- about
2: De- and too bad about Degrom, but they took their shot. Um, I didn't. I know Ken Rosenthal put out an article shortly before we started recording about how this will play in his contract and the clauses and things like that. I'll probably read that later. Doesn't matter from a fantasy perspective, so I decided I just read it after we recorded today.
1: Sure, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, and I, I, I'm kind of the belief of go get your money. Um. Oh yeah. Yep. And it's just like, oh no, a billionaire owner will just have like pocket change in the pro that contract had to be insured in some sort of way yep. uh so yeah yep. I'm, not, I'm not really too, feeling too too awful for them uh mm-hmm. but anyhow um we gotta take care of some business uh first we're on the blue wire network we thank them as always here are their ads
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
1: All right, we also have a new sponsor, uh, We uh, friends at Batflip, so let's let you know about them. Batflip is the team shuffling baseball card game. It's a gamer's love letter to baseball. Step into the role of the manager, build your team, shuffle it up, and deploy it in an action-packed three-inning game. Each of the over 140-player cards is unique with its own special stats and abilities. Each team has its own power and strategy. Flex your financial muscles as the New York Moneybags Bunt and steal your way to victory as the Sioux City small ballers, or deliver takeout slides and hunt, headhunting pitches as the Detroit dirtbags. 12 teams in all. Batflip was designed by avid fancy baseball players and made its pre release debut at First Pitch Arizona in 2021. It's been played by the likes of Ron Chandler, Eno Saris, Ray Murphy, and Phil Goyette. Did you grow up collecting baseball cards? Do you collect them now? Then Batflip is for you. Do you like collectible card games like Magic the Gathering or the Pokemon card game? Do you like online card games like Hearthstone or Marvel Snap? Then Batflip is for you. Batflip features fast-paced strategic card play and endless replayability. Utilize your best players and special abilities at the most pivotal moments. And then, when the time is just right, swing for the fences and flip that bat. Order your copy now at batflipgame.com. That's batflipgame.com. Big thanks to Batflip for joining us uh, as a sponsor th- for the RotoWire Fantasy Baseball podcast. All right. We got it. Let's rip the band aid off. It's Alec Manoa time. He got sent down to Dunedin today to their, their training facility. The easy and often made comparison is to Roy Halliday. Is this comparison apt?
2: No. <laughs> Roy Halliday is one of the you know best pitchers of our lifetime. Like He's a Hall of Famer. So, no, it's. It's not apt at all, but,
1: but, but that, that happened to Halliday though. is the point. It did.
2: It did. It did but it, I, I'm just saying, I'm not expecting like a, well, it fixed Halliday. It's going to fix Manoa. Like it's just, right. it's also like whatever year, 30, 20, 30 years apart, 20 years apart. So mm-hmm. totally different. It's not like he's even worked with the same people or, or anything like that. Um, I, I agree. I
1: agree. Yeah. Uh, but
2: this is, this is though, like a, like a mess. <laughs> yeah, this this Manoa thing is a mess. So, first of all, I couldn't believe Scott was talking on Sunday about um, on the podcast about some of the Manoa ads where in leagues where he was dropped. Right. I could not believe like Maybe I'm biased because I watch all of his starts, but I, I was like, holy, people are spending. That's because of betting. On Manoa? At,
1: that's on the name Manoa, and obviously <sighs> not, not based on any results. He also was dropped in some leagues at the same time, yes. so he's he's kind of he was kind of in Not that middle know. zone. There's no middle zone. Now. I just
2: but to spend a lot, like to spend twenty bucks on Manoa in a thousand dollar fab league, just to be like, okay, sure, I'll, the name value, I'll draw, I'll grab him, I'll put him on my bench, see what happens next couple weeks. Sure. Also, I was reading. I'm not going to be able to give credit. Someone in my timeline was saying how many main event leagues he was started in for the two start week this week.
1: 62%.
2: Oh, that's painful. At least they don't get a second start because I don't think it would have gone in much better. I have one. It would have gone leagues, better by but, the way. Pardon me. I,
1: I have one of those leagues and I also <sighs> had to start him in the 12 team RotoWire online championship because I'm a big dummy. I guess um, in a
2: desperation move, if, if a team's way down in the standings, you say, Hey, it's two starts.
1: It I was need the, the two starts. That I did need it. the 10 yeah.
2: strikeouts or whatever. And I need, yeah, anyways, uh, it's actually, looking back on his stat line, it's remarkable that he had a seven-inning shutout at Yankee Stadium about like eight starts ago. <laughs> and then things just went downhill from there. Um, I mean, even, yeah, I don't know. That start, he, did, he still only struck out five in that start. He just got he probably got some bad flack black, but. Um,
1: Do you I mean, hold I on in a 15-teamer? Oh, no, no. Just to see if they no. work it out, they fix it? No.
2: I don't think so. I think the only way you hang on is if you really don't have anyone to drop them for. Like maybe you're in a 15 teamer, if your team's really healthy, so you don't really need the bench spots and, you know, and and you look on waivers and there's nothing like, there's really nothing, you know, you try on Andrew Abbott or whatever, and but there's really ends up being nothing. And all you would drop them for was just a reliever. And you don't even need the reliever in your lineup. I guess. I think I would drop them. I think I would drop him just to grab like a close, like a, like a backup closer. Who's a good pitcher. Right. Like just like, would I just drop him for, I was trying to think like a, like a Nick Anderson, like maybe I might just drop him for someone like that. Do you think I'm, you think I'm too harsh on that?
1: No, I don't think you are. Um... Like I just,
2: what would have to happen? Like it would be such a dramatic change for this to get turned around. He's not a high strikeout pitcher. Typically. I guess he's okay. Like right, going into this year, like I guess the strikeout rates of the previous two years were, they were okay. They're fine. I guess they're fine. I, I may have been a little too hard on them. I don't know. It's just, yeah, he's someone who the advanced stats had said for the past two years of his the first two years of his career that he was out pitching his peripherals. He's out pitching his skill set, and I mean, no one thought it would cr- crater like this. But
1: right. Well, I I'm just... glad you brought that up because I'm working on an article about how much should we have seen this coming. Um and the thing is, we should we should have yeah. seen it a little bit. A there. little bit. Uh I, I I'm on the uh expected ERA. You know, the difference between mm-hmm. ERA and expected ERA, he was the second biggest gainer as far as it goes. His ERA yeah. Manoa's ERA last year was 224. Manoa's expected ERA last year was three thirty three. That's the second biggest difference. Yeah, and that's second biggest difference qualified as 450 batted ball balls in play events. So yep. I'm talking starters that were starters the whole year. Um, and so that that's a pretty big difference. Number one on the list, Zach Granke. He's having a downfall this year. Number three, Cal Quantrill really falling yep. apart. Yep. L- number five, Logan Gilbert. Okay, maybe not falling apart as much, but he, he's had some rough outings lately. Number six, Adam Wainwright, another guy who hasn't been good since coming back. Pitched better yesterday, but not great. Yep. Yeah. Martín Pérez is opponent. Another guy we expected to uh, fall uh, kind yeah. of fall back a little bit. And he has fall back a little bit. Kyle Wright got hurt before we had a chance to really test that out. Logan Webb, eh, Johnny Cueto, uh, Logan hurt Webb's all year, good, good this year. Yeah. Madison Baumgartner, I mean, he <laughs> yeah. Madison Baumgartner was bad even without being lucky. Yeah. Uh, he was four eighty eight, but he's supposed to be five fifty three. Point is, there are some differences there. You look at expected batting average for Alec Manoa. Last year, his batting average allowed was 202. His expected batting average was 224. Still, really good. Still, really good.
2: Yeah. Right. So I have no, I have no shares of Manoa. So I, but I, but like, I don't even feel like dunking on the people who do because if you just yeah. took his xera. And said, okay, I'll make that his projected ERA for this year. And then maybe you even said, okay, offense is going to go a bit, a bit up. So that XERA you, you cited was about 3.3. So I'll make it three three 3.5. And, um, and then you said, okay, I'll take his whip The la- last year. It was 0.99. That's ridiculous. Let's just let's push that up a bit. Make it 115, something like that, right? Because you said the expected stats say the batting average should have gone up. But not like 220-something. Still really good. so." Yeah. Okay, So there's more
1: to it than that, basically, is what you're saying. Oh, well, yeah. not even
2: co- comparable, right? Like, So no, what I was going to say is if if you put his projected stats in during draft season as a 350 ERA and about a 115 whip, and then you put him, he was a workhorse last year. So let's say he threw 196 two-thirds innings. Like, So let's say you said, okay, well, at those ratios, maybe he throws 190 innings again. And then let's say he strikes out about 180 batters again. All of a sudden, he belongs actually right where he was drafted. So it's. Yeah, like I don't feel like dunking on the people who took him and saying, like, see, you knew regression was coming. Like regression was coming, but it wasn't he, predicted to come like
1: this. Right. He was drafted at his regressed price, his purported regress price. He you know, I got him end of the fifth round in a main event, I think it was. I gotta double check on that, check my stats on that. But point is it was a bit of a discount. I was happy. Yeah. Was very happy. Yes. Um and I, you know, I, Tim and I were like, yeah, we got Manoa. is our guy from last year that we had in both of our main events. We're like, yeah, baby, we got our guy and he was good to us last year. It was the same point I was making with Julio Urias. Uh, it's like, we got everything we expected out of him and yet he was going much later. Why is that? It's because the expected stats. Well, it turns out the expected stats were right in that case. I mean, even still, the expected stats never, you know, portended anything like this. Uh, but, Going back to to finish that part of the conversation. Yeah, we got Manoa at three. We got him at at 514. Uh, We actually got Shane Bieber in 314. Mistakes were made. Uh, But, you know, point is, uh, you know, it it just kind of illustrates, though, like, okay, I got a regress price on him. I got him at pick 74 for a guy that had a 224 ERA or whatever he had. I mean, that's a way regress price.
2: Absolutely. So I don't think you feel bad about that. And I, I know some people will say like, Oh, you just take him off your draft list if you think he's going to regress. But, but I don't, I don't really see that. I think you can project him conservatively. Mm -hmm. Um, I had him just a little too conservative so that there were always players around where he would go. But, but like, I feel the same as you, like if he had fallen another round in some of my drafts, I probably would have taken him. He just didn't, um, around his pick. I, I liked some other pitchers better. Um, I don't know. I in the MLB.com article about Manoa released last night after a start, uh, there's a comment that stuck in my head from there. If you want to be a Manoa optimist, it the comment was, and I'm paraphrasing, but it was small hinges open big doors, and it was just a reminder that sometimes little things can cause huge problems or huge improvements. Which so- goes
1: to a comment I saw in the chat here uh, from Roach52 says the pitch clock is real. Bought- for
2: him, for him, maybe that's it. I mean, he's one of the biggest pitchers in baseball. Mm-hmm. Like maybe he's fatigued. Maybe he's struggling to keep up with the pitch clock. Maybe the pitch clock is just causing him to 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 not have the same. Con- like he's almost walked as many batters already as he did last season. So yeah.
0: maybe. That would
1: explain yesterday, though, because he couldn't get out of the first inning yesterday. So yes. I mean, <laughs> no,
2: yeah, for sure. He so, it
1: was in trouble from the word go.
2: Yeah. So I mean, but so maybe it is. Maybe it can be. If you want to be optimistic. Um, and I'm not going to be that optimistic because I'm saying drop him. But if mm-hmm. you want to be optimistic, it would be the hope that he goes down to the Florida complex league. He makes three or four starts and he's back around the beginning of July with some improvements um, yeah, like he's lost almost a mile off his fastball. Maybe he can regain that velocity down there. Maybe he can make some get his slider back to where it was as far as effectiveness goes. But like the hinges comment just got me thinking, like, you know, it, maybe, maybe it's just that. Maybe he recovers the effectiveness of his slider and all of a sudden he's good after July 1st. I don't know. I just think in a regular bench league, in a Towers league, I might keep him with unlimited ILs. Six man bench, unlimited ILs. I got to be able to have room to hold someone on my bench. Who's just in the minors right now. I think in that league, maybe I keep them. Yeah. Um, that league's effectively deeper. It's almost like having like a 10 man bench with for all your sure. IL slots. Um, sure. In an NFBC though, I think I'm out. Like I said, like I was trying to decide, would I just drop him for Adbert, Bird Nick Anderson, someone like that. Someone who's a really good reliever. Uh, I don't, I don't know. That would be my borderline. Um, I think I pick him up for anyone starting in the majors who I just thought like, Oh, this guy might have potential um yeah I don't know I think I'm I think I'm just dropping him
1: yeah and uh, let's face it even even Roy Roy Halladay who was fixed wasn't fixed in a day took a while No.
2: yes absolutely
1: yeah
2: yes it's not like if you were playing fantasy baseball back then which I was was I playing fantasy baseball then I might have been actually I think I was um yeah it's not like he went down and was was gone like a month and then came right back up and and started pitching great like this no. could be a could be a long road for an so
1: it was in two thousand I was playing fantasy baseball two thousand one yeah and he had three different stops he went to Dunedin then Tennessee then Syracuse and this was after spending some time even at the uh uh the the training complex too yeah, yeah. but he made he, he made twenty appearances in the minors seven yeah. of which were starts uh the Dunedin ones were all relief appearances, but he did throw twenty two innings in that. So it wasn't like, oh, two weeks later he's fixed. Or a month later he was fixed. We're talking long term here. So your best case scenario is three months from now they they fix Manoa. Maybe. Maybe yep. it's shorter than that. But point is it's a while. Um so yep. it, we'll,
2: So that's where I feel like I don't know. I just think it's pro, I, and I'm an, I'm guilty sometimes of being too much of an optimist. And I mm-hmm. just think, and I'm a Jays fan, so I'd love Whoa. to believe that he goes down for a month and then comes back around Canada Day, and then you know is is at least useful again. Um, I but it's probably not. It's probably not the most. It's like it's not. It's not the most likely outcome. So for that reason, I think you just drop him. Yeah. And maybe you have to drop him this weekend for anyone, even if it is Nick Anderson, just to get him off your roster. Like just to get him you away from him, so that then the next weekend you're like, oh, I'll drop Nick Anderson for this interesting batter or this platoon guy who's got some good matchups this week. Like maybe you need to get rid of Manoa just to purge it in the in an NFPC type league, just so you start to make yourself start to stream the spots, so, so you find someone better.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, we were asked about Sandy Alcantara. He was 13th last year in that difference. Urius was 12th. So you can see some uh, big names in there. I thought I'd go and take a look at this year a little bit to see. Yep. Like, it's a little early. So I set them, me- but my methodology here was setting at a minimum of 100 batted ball events, uh, which barely squeaks in our leader here. Uh, and this is not a category you want to lead, but our leader is none other than Tony Gonsolin, who pitches tonight. ERA is 177 going into the start. Expected ERA is 483. To be, you know, to to illustrate the difference, that's almost three times as big as last season's full season leader. How much of a big golf? I mean, of course, you got a smaller sample. Things tend to t- tend to correct over the course of this uh, of a season. It's long enough, so be wary of Gonsolin's start. I know he's been able to defy the numbers before in the past, but he's not a 177 ERA pitcher. I think we all know that. Um, not especially with the Dodgers defense being what it is. Uh, it's not as good as it was last year because of the shift yeah. limitations, et cetera, et cetera. Um, regression is coming, but soon.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is an enormous gap. Gonsolin is someone who's always managed to outperform whether you want to make it his XERA, whether you want to make it his FIP, like he it's common for him to outperform those by a sizable margin. Like most seasons in his career, he has outperformed his XERA by a run, basically if you round it off and same with his FIP by about a run in his career, it's, it's over a run, the difference. So, so sure he can outperform it by a run, but this year he's outperforming it by like three runs. So, yeah, the regression is probably coming at some point. If you're an advanced stats guy, you will never have Tony Gonzalez on your team,
3: right?
1: Probably,
2: just like the advanced stats guys never had Kyle Hendricks on their team.
1: Exactly, the guy I was going to bring up. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> He's the
2: poster boy for it. You managed to win money, defy odds, and win money off Kyle Hendricks for several years before you know you paid the piper.
1: Yeah, Bryce yeah. Elder, third on the list. Yeah, two one ninety two uh, 192 real life ERA four sixteen expected ERA. Dane Dunning, we talked about him earlier. Fourth on the list, uh, two hundred six to four hundred seven. John Gray, sixth on the list, two fifty yep. to four thirty nine. Framber Valdez, don't tell me that I like Framber. He's
2: Framber Valdez is just a guy who's like out of his mind right now. Yeah, and he's yeah. actually good. Like he's good, but not what he is right now. Like even when he regresses, he might still be the twentieth best starter.
1: I, and the thing is, I, I like doing this because even though. Your players, pitchers, I like on this list. It tells me maybe cold, cold-hearted reality might be settling in. McClanahan uh, is at ninth on the list. Two hundred two actual ERA, expected three fifty-nine. Expected ERA, by the way, is generated from the you know quality content plus Ks plus walks, basically. Yeah. Um, Logan Allen, Sony, Sonny Gray, Christian Javier, also high on this list.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, so, if you want to go the opposite route, who's been a little bit unlucky? Um, First of all, there's a lot of bad pitchers here. So, like, Fujinami's been unlucky, but you're never going to roster yeah. <laughs> him. So I'm trying to find someone that you would roster. Um, Mike Tanner Hulk, maybe. Um, Graham Ashcraft, unlucky. But unlucky only to a point. His real-life ERA is 664. It's only supposed to be 512. Trying to find someone who's supposed to have a good ERA, but yeah. is still lucky. It's still unlucky. Nestor Cortez should have a 374, has a 516. He's a he's already done regress uh, uh, there. I mean, he's someone that we thought Fred that uh, Nestor Cortez is someone that we thought would regress, but man, he's regressed too far. He's he's the other side. Yeah, of the Yeah, a bit
2: of a poor man's Manoa, I guess. Poor man's if we mean he hasn't been as, he was supposed to regress, but didn't regress as much. Um, so if you were if you were in a regression pool, he would be a poor man's Manoa. Um, yeah, Manoa's
1: so getting what he deserves. By the way, he's not been unlucky at all. Uh, according to this metric at
2: least no for Um, sure cortez has been has been worse and unlucky
1: yeah uh joe musgrove is another one 346 is expected era he's at 471 he pitched in mexico guys that was one start that's really single-handedly just just screwing with his ratios right now so uh, yeah
2: because he's only because he was also hurt so he's only made seven starts yeah exactly the one start He has some other starts that weren't great. But, yeah, if you take that one start away, his ERA, just me quickly ballparking, it's probably more like four, something like that, which is not that far off his uh, XERA.
1: Yeah. So kind of fun with some numbers here a little bit. A couple of noteworthy starts last night. Blake Snell had a good start. He's actually had three good starts in a row very quietly.
2: Yeah, I'm not still not totally feeling this. The walks are still there at a very high level. So yeah. in those three starts, which comprise 17 innings, he's walked 10 batters, 10 batters and in 17 innings. I just feel like in those games, he has faced the, the Nats, the Marlins and the Cubs. Um, I know all those teams aren't completely awful, but none of them are very good, especially offensively. No. So he's managed, he has managed to strike out a fair amount of batters, but basically he's faced three lineups that in my opinion, can't really punish him. For his poor control skills Um He did have like before that Like he had a bad start in, against Boston They're a pretty good lineup And then he had two two quality starts in a row against the Dodgers So you know good for him Um I don't know well, That's There's
1: actually good... five out of six then Yeah absolutely He's had quality
2: starts in five out of six Yeah, He's only given up He's given up more than three runs In one of his last two, four, six, eight, nine One of his last nine starts He's given up three run, more than three runs So he's been like usable Cause he does strike a decent amount of batters out in all of those starts. Um, I think Blake Snell is usable. I don't think, I don't think we're like at the point where Blake Snell is like awesome again.
1: Yeah. I, just, I think you're there's probably just right. so many walks. Guess where he makes his next start.
2: Colorado. Correct. This weekend. This weekend. Correct. So if you right. used him this week, which I think a lot of people probably did. Um, yeah, but you, you got something good. So we'll see how the, hopefully the Colorado, but if he walks three or four batters in Colorado, it's probably going to be a big problem. His walk rate, just like Blake Smell's never been great at not walking batters. Uh, but this is, is another level. Indeed. Like this year, this is his worst walk rate ever. Uh Two years ago, he struggled and he had his, he had a bad walk rate. Um Yeah. This is his worst walk rate ever. So he's still just got to get that under control.
1: Fred, tell me a story about Aaron Nola.
2: Oh, I was not sure if maybe we were going to bury this now and save me the, the humiliation. Because oh, it's just
1: humiliation. Oh, no. It's not
2: humiliation, but it's not, it's not. It doesn't paint me in a great light. Um, I thought maybe Jacob deGrom and Ellie de la Cruz saved me from this story. But so here's my story. We did lament your drafting of Alec Manoa and told you that it wasn't your fault. Um, Oh, thanks. So. This is going back to draft season story, and I'm trying to learn a lesson from this. And you can tell me what you think of this lesson, because this is something people talk about in draft season. Is it a problem if you get too many shares of the same player, especially an elite player, someone who's like, like getting a whole bunch of like, around 20 guy, like whatever, you know, he doesn't turn out, whatever. But so I drafted Spencer Strider, who has turned out to be pretty good uh, in in my first draft, which was labor. And again, in my second draft, which was Tower Wars, and um, I had you special. got a
1: discount on Strider then for sure in Labor because you were at the you were a one point one.
2: Yeah, so no I got, got him on doing well. Well, it was the typical right Strider really rose during main event season, but up to that point, like he was kind of going like more like round two, three turn because a lot of starters were there weren't very many starters going before, until late in round two uh, up until then so anyway so I took Strider in those two drafts and then it was time to start you know NFBC leagues and my first NFBC draft again I was picking you know near the two three turn and it came to my turn and I and Strider was it might have even gone around my turn it might have been early in round three I can't remember either way it was around the two three turn Strider was available again and then I start thinking, well, I've got two Striders. I have, he's my ace in both leagues. Like, What if Strider doesn't have – he's only limited experience. Like, what, what if he gets hurt? Whatever. I think I'll pass on Strider, and I'll mm. take Aaron Nola this time. Because mm. even though I have Strider ranked higher than Nola, I think I had Strider as my number three starter this year. I think I went Burns and Cole in some order, and then Strider. So I said, well, I think I'll pass on Strider, and I'll take Aaron Nola. I did. I had just had a little bit behind him. I had Nola pretty high. Nola and Scherzer kind of like the next couple guys. Uh uh-huh. So I was like, well, Aaron Nola, like, tough to go wrong. He's always right. pretty solid. We'll take Aaron Same Nola. Same
1: bucket. Same bucket. Yeah. Right.
2: And then, and then if Strider gets hurt, like, I won't be totally decimated. Oh, no. The snowball, Jeff, is just starting to roll down the hill because in my next draft, by the time it came for me to pick again around the two, three turn, this was more around three. Strider's gone. Nola is still there. And so was Sandy Alcantara. And I was mm. like, well, I've I got Alcantara like just kind of behind just behind Nola. I just got <laughs> a Nola. So maybe I'll take an Alcantara to just kind of really spread things out. Just
1: twist right? yourself into that pretzel. Right? So yeah. I,
2: I could not have had Strider in three leagues. I could have had him in sorry, I could have had Strider in three, not all four. Uh,
1: yeah. but I could
2: have had him in three. I only took him in two. I ended up with two striders, Anola, and an Alcantara. I could have, if if my strategy was to not spread out the risk, but just go with the best guy on my list at every pick, I would have had three striders and a Nola. In the fourth one, I would have taken NOLA because I would have had no NOLA. And I did mm-hmm. have him ahead of Alcantara, just not by a lot. So uh, this is, I don't know if it's a sample size of one, like this is my, but my takeaway is next year, maybe just, Fred, take the highest guy on your list. And if you end up with five shares of the same pitcher, I don't know, but maybe, maybe my, maybe you're my, not playing
1: enough volume you know? to diversify. Maybe That's not. I'm
2: not that. playing 30 leagues or something like right. that.
1: If you're um, a volume player, then diversification for diversification sake is fine. When yeah. you're playing in five or six leagues, just take the best player.
2: I guess so. I just didn't want to like, like, it, you know. I mean, this if Strider was hurt right now, which every pitcher gets hurt at some, you know, from time to time. If Strider was hurt right now, I would be telling a different story and saying, "Hey, Nola oh, hasn't sure. been great, but at least I don't have an injured Strider."
1: Yeah. So at least um, I don't have this universal exposure to Alec Manoa. Yeah.
2: Exactly. You know, like exactly. That. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I but, but this story has made me think maybe I should just take the highest ranked guy.
1: I don't know. But I think yeah. you trust your instincts too. I mean, right. you you do your own rankings, your own projections. Yeah. You've been doing this for 30 years almost, probably right?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: Great yeah. track record. Trust your instincts.
2: Yeah, I do also know and you know this too when you do your own projections back to the hinges analogy. Like little changes in the stats mm-hmm. move guys way up and so I had Strider ranked as my SP3 if I just got some cold feet maybe on his innings. And I took off ten innings and tens, and then oh Strider, if you take off ten innings, you're taking off fifteen strikeouts, you know. And then maybe take off a win. All of a mm-hmm. sudden, he tumbles from SP three to like SP eight. And I know that, so I know the way that when you do your own projections, that little changes at the it, it, like make big make big adjustments on the list. So I knew when I had Strider ahead of these guys, um, you know, I had him narrowly ahead of Scherzer. As I said, Verlander, Degrom. I don't know. I it's uh that's that one's gonna bug me all season. It's gonna it it's is. every time. So unless Nola goes on heat. It's gonna a be a th-
1: grinning gremlin smiling so, at you there. Yeah, and
2: and predictably both of my strider teams are doing well and my Nola and my Alcantara teams are not
1: doing theirs well. Of course. Yeah. Of course. So yeah. be it. Yeah. So it goes. All right. We have news, other news. Um injury news. Let's start with the twins. Uh Byron Buxton went on the IL today. Uh, so there were some, he was kind of day to day going into this week. Now is he not playing tonight? He's on the IL. No Royce Lewis in the lineup, but Carlos Correa is in the lineup.
2: Okay. Um, and then who I was just pulling up who the twins
1: I picked. They're at the Rays.
2: at the Rays. Oh yeah. Right. It's this weekend where I thought there was a matchup. Oh, it's against Kikuchi on Friday where I thought it was a great matchup to, for Correa to, to, in DFS. Anyways. Um, Byron Buxton's hurt. Knock, now I'm victory lapping. Knock me over with a feather. Like <laughs> I don't know how many <laughs> right? Like if you picked Byron Buxton to play in more than 120 games, you were you, you were I think foolish. Like and I I don't you know. I I don't know. Buxton's he is what he is. He gets hurt a lot. Sure. Maybe he'll play in if he gets plays in 120, I think that's the very high end. So anyways, he made it through 50 games before his first IL stint. He hasn't been awesome this year. That's a, just what we're talking about Buxton like He's got no. ten homers. He's got six steals. Six steals are nice. That's a bit of a comeback for him as far as steals go. But he's kind of settled in now as this low average hitter. You know, yeah. with the injuries, he can hit twenty something homers. I don't. Mean, he's he's actually to me not that exciting anymore. Like he used to be.
1: No, he's not. I mean, the fact that he's got six steals—that's like four more than I thought he'd have by this point in time. So yeah, that's been nice. Yeah, But, uh, other but ones, yeah. I
2: mean, I don't know. I've just, I've never, the. I don't know if I've ever had Buxton on a team he turned and now he turns 30 in the off season. Um, I just, I don't know. To me, he's not exciting anymore. He's just injury prone. He's when he's, when he's healthy, he's, he's totally playable. Yeah. But, but if he's going to hit for this low average, his career average now is two He's been below that the last couple of years. Like, I don't think you're going to get a high batting average any season for the rest of his career. So, um, yeah anyways is bucks in a hold everywhere
1: yeah he's a hold
2: i guess he's we have to see hold. the timeline but for now i think i agree with you for now he's a hold.
1: yeah he if is. you're
2: in this team yeah, i think he's a hold yeah
1: aj smith Shaver, you were talking about andrew abbott's fab bids i am yes. kind of annoyed that smith Shaver is going to start this weekend because i i might have been able to slip him in cheaply if he was still in the bullpen remember last year stride and i here we go back to strider You know, he, he was, he was in the rotation. Nah, he's not. We were going to put him in the rotation. We decided not, you know, I didn't bid big on him when he was available as a free agent. He was, you know, later available as a free agent because of that false start as a starter. Could have had another bite of that apple. He had two chances to get him up in free agency. I was kind of hoping that would kind of track this year, but no, he's going to be in the rotation this weekend for the Braves. I tend to think it's for good. They sent down Mike Soroka. I could be wrong, but I, I I want him the rest of the way.
2: Yeah, me too. I'm gonna to have to check and see if any of my leagues, if there's any of my leagues where he wasn't picked up. I wasn't aggressive on him. He was in my waterfall. I don't know if my I don't think my waterfall really made it to him. I a lot of my leagues needed hitting more than pitching uh, this weekend. Um, innings will be a concern. He threw mm-hmm. 68 and two thirds last year. So how far they're willing to let him go in innings will be a concern. But the Braves are really good. If he if he's a solid pitcher. Like he could get a lot of run support on that team. The bullpen's solid. Um, Yeah. If he's still available in any of my leagues, we'll see how this start goes on Saturday, but if he's still available in my leagues, I'm interested. I would take him over Andrew Abbott right now for sure.
1: Okay. Like they haven't
2: like Smith Schauber hasn't even pitched. So I can see someone being like, Fred, you're, you're crazy. Like you take him over Andrew Abbott. He hasn't even pitched in the majors, but I just think the situation there is much more favorable as far as just the home park, which isn't favorable in Atlanta, but it's not Cincinnati, the team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The way the Braves, you know, I, and I'm not comparing him to Spencer Strider. I know people are doing that and saying like, this guy's the next Spencer Strider. Like he's probably not.
1: He's- yeah, it's a facile comparison. I mean, yeah. it's, it's just, it's, Hey, it's a studly young Braves pitcher who had his yeah. first outing in the bullpen, but all throughout yeah. the minors, he's been a starter. I think that's one of the that's differences. Right. He he's can had strike. one outing where he's been a reliever. He was good in, in, against the Diamondbacks and uh, yeah. did very well there. He, but, he can
2: clearly yeah. strike batters out. There's been control issues at times in the minors, but he's young. Like, like that's not surprising that there's been control issues. He's 20 years old. So, exactly. and, he's, and he's debuting in the majors. Like, good for him. So, I would, I think I would take him over Abbott. I could obviously change my mind just like the rest of the industry by the time fab up sure. on sunday so good for the for those who snuck him through as a reliever at five dollars a fab or something on sunday night good for you
1: exactly yeah exactly and
2: took the chance like there's the kind of guy you would have dropped him a note if you dropped him a noah for just the chance on someone with upside like that like good yep. for you yeah
1: exactly yep. exactly uh luis orias we gotta talk about him um yep. i have spent very little time talking about luis orias this year but he's awesome He's awesome at what he does. Maybe he's not the best fantasy player because even though he hits for that great average, you know, what the, what comes along with it. But 399, one homer, only 22 runs scored despite hitting 399. That's really hard to do. Only one stolen base. So you can't really, like, he's not a fantasy MVP. He kills batting average for you, which is amazing. Uh, but, I mean, he just there's that trade-off. There's no power. There's precious little uh else. Remember like there was buzz about Arias being able to hit, you know, ten to fifteen horns. Oh, he just he can hit for more power. He just he doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Nah, I don't know if he can.
2: I don't think he can. No. <laughs> nope. I don't think so. I think this is who he is. He's a line drive hitter. Good for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, the fact that he has a four fifty on base so far and has only scored twenty two runs is and he hits high in the lineup is Dear. remarkable.
1: Yeah, it, like it, that it, is a wild it actually speaks practice. against the rest of the Marlins lineup. Too.
2: Absolutely. Which which that lineup isn't good. But no. if, yeah, like if he kept this up and had a 450 on base and scored like 60 60- runs this year like that would be that would be like an all time stat that you know that people would talk about forever for fantasy production it's too bad he couldn't steal a few bases with the new rules like he's one for three this year like his four is his career high like he this year so far has 68 singles no sorry 66 singles and 19 walks so 85 like trips to first base so
1: he's kind of getting the Buxton treatment they're trying to preserve him
2: I just think he can't do it. Like in yeah. his career, he's got nine steals on 19 attempts. He just can't, he can't do it. No. He can't run. So I don't know what this guy's worth in fantasy, like in a trading league, like he's hitting 399, which is great. Um, I looked it up. I think on the Yahoo player rankings, I think he's 80th. so about 80th so far this season. That's with a, basically a 400 batting average unlucky in the run score department but when this batting average now turns eventually it's going to turn like let's say rest okay, rest of the season what do you think his batting average is going to be 320 325
1: yeah something like that so he'll end up hitting 360 for the season or something like that which is yeah
2: yeah so but but going forward if it's about 330 and there's no power and there's no speed in an era in a season where there are more steals and plenty of home runs because he's hurting you a little more when there's more of them going around and he's not getting any of them. He hurts you a little more in those areas. I'm just yeah. interested. I'll be very interested to see at the end of the season what this guy is valued as as an overall player. Like, is he a top 150 at the end of the season or not? Like, if, if the batting average comes back down, like I said, like like let's say he hits 350 this year, would you, that would be amazing, like a 350 batting average. Um, but if it's with like four homers and three steals and sixties in the runs and RBIs. I don't know. I'm just, I'm fascinated. I am fascinated by this guy. I have no shares. I don't even really regret it.
1: Yeah. I don't What's blame
2: that? you. <laughs> I don't know if I even really regret it. I guess I should a little bit, but
1: no, you uh, shouldn't though, because I mean, he's absolutely at the peak of his powers yeah. and he's the 80th rated hitter. What happens when he's not at the peak?
2: I know. I, I know. So, yeah and he's like and he has been lucky he has a 414 babbitt i know that he gets a lot of line drives he can support a high babbitt but he's not a 414 babbitt
1: yeah so that's that's the way i'm at with that yeah
2: but i do think the power and the speed are hopeless like i just the speed especially i think the steals are just not there the homers like he hit eight last year so maybe he can go on a, a bit of a power bender and maybe have like maybe in the next third of the season he hits like three homers or something or four right um yeah, but it it's, I just, it's just not I just don't think it's there in him unless he were to totally change what he does, but why would he? Like right. like for us for fantasy, like for a real baseball perspective, teams would be love this guy. He gets on base a ton. Like good enough. Yeah. Right? Like like he doesn't have power or whatever. Teams don't care that much about stealing bases. He he can get on base. Teams are going to love him. He's going to have a long major league career with this skill set. He does not need to change. So I don't think he's going to. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But we shouldn't change either.
2: No. No, we shouldn't change how we value him. Um, yeah. The anyways, he, he to me, he's going to be a statistical oddity that I'm going to follow all season. And I would love it if he hit 400. That'd be really. Yeah. If he had a chase for 400 late in the season, that'd be really cool.
1: It would be. I remember um, the.
2: I remember. Do you remember the John Olerud chase for 400? I, I do. I yeah. do. As a Jays fan, I remember that being like, that's a long time ago. I'm trying to just quickly look up. He finished at 363. It wasn't even that close in the end. No. 363. So, but he was up, he was that season. He was at 400 for a very, or around 400 for a very long time.
1: Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. All right. Once again, we kind of gave short shrift to hitters, although we spent the first 15 yeah. 20 minutes on Ellie. I, so, I, I mean, yeah. that's, that's on me also. So the next time we do a pod together and it will be in two weeks, cause I'll be traveling next week, but okay. in two weeks we'll open with hitters. Remind me of that. And we'll, we'll give uh, fairness to that, but cause yeah, we, I mean, we did talk hitters, but we spent more time on pitchers. But anyhow, want to thank uh, Batflip for their sponsorship. Thank you, Fred, for doing this. And uh, thank everybody for the great conversation in the chat room. Appreciate it there. Um, we'll talk to you again Thursday. I uh, guess to be named later. Wednesday, got James Anderson's pod. Stay tuned for all that here on the RotoWire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Take care.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?